Welcome back to the Spiritual 9 to 5, where everyone here is a seeker and work itself becomes an opportunity for self-actualization. We are here to transcend the 9 to 5 through the mundane itself, and today we have a special guest, Tara Schuster. Tara is an executive at Comedy Central and the best-selling author of Buy Yourself the Fucking Lilies. She actually has a new book coming out today, February 28th, called Glow in the Fucking Dark. And you can find all of the details to buy both books in the show notes. So let's get into it. So this conversation with Tara took place back in September of 2022, and it is hands down one of the most authentic and real conversations that I've had with anyone on this podcast, especially considering that it was our first time meeting. I am so excited to be bringing this conversation to the public, to you. And I couldn't recommend Tara's books and her work enough. Her work makes healing so accessible, so relatable, so easy, and dare I say, fun. I hope that you enjoy this conversation as much as I do. What does it mean to you to love yourself and to mm-hmm. take care of yourself? Mm, it's, a, it's, a, it's a simple question with a complex answer. Like I want to start with self-care, like a, like a working definition of self-care. Love it. So, so for me, self-care is taking an honest accounting of your emotional wounds and bringing the nurturing that you need to heal. Mm. And so while a day at the spa is lovely and wonderful, or a trip to Tulum is just the best, they're not necessarily self-care. Um, And in my book, a lot of my self-care practices are free or super low cost, you know? So for example, I think one of the greatest acts of self-care and self-love I've ever done is I got rid of my socks that had holes in them, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. so now when I look in the sock drawer, I'm like, yes, all my socks are awesome. And it's because, you know, we think about when I get married, it's going to be so fun and amazing. Or when I get this job, then I'll be happy. And we all know on some level that that's BS. Mm -hmm. And and instead of even intellectualizing it, one thing you can do if you want to love yourself is find those tiny basic luxuries and really work on those if you were to do that and not even really think about it, you would feel, you know, if you were to, from the title of my book, Buy Yourself the Fucking Lilies, if you were able to do an act of kindness, and I recommend that people try for a week to do an act of kindness to themselves, which is really hard. People really mm-hmm. struggle with it, but it you could fake it. You could fake that self-love. And so I don't have a great definition of self-love, but I guess I can tell you how it feels. Mm. You know, I I was, I can't even believe how anxious and depressed I was for so much of my life. You know, the reason I I really feel so passionately about all these things is just I refused, I got to a point where I refused to live a miserable life anymore. Um, because I was I was wasting my existence essentially. And, and so when I think back to when I was writing lilies, like or or before right before I was writing lilies, what was actually reparenting myself. Um, and for anyone who doesn't know, 
ourselves the fucking lilies is a journey of going from a mess wreck disaster in the inside, but a very successful executive on the outside and finding myself and finding a way to heal that the interior, which is a life journey, but uh, it's a forever project. But my book gives really simple rituals to do that. Um, And so when I think back to crying in the personal call room of my office or just breaking down on the subway or or like I was just this like messy girl and there were tons I was for some reason holding lots of bags and just like sobbing and when I think to how unstable how unworthy I felt I mean in my head it was a constant I'm unlovable I'm not worthy I'm unlovable I'm not worthy to where I am now where I absolutely never think those things like that's not even like up for discussion I am valuable I'm lovable I'm worthy the feeling of that is a a feeling of I want to say like more wholesomeness Mm. or more stability more grounding and I, I obviously have moments like everybody um but now a moment doesn't have to dictate like a week of my life of like self-flagellation. You know, it it's okay. It happened. Well, there's no going back. Like that thing <laughs> happened and it doesn't help me to be a mess about it. Feel my feelings, feel grief, feel, feel whatever it is that's coming up, but it doesn't have to occupy my, my whole self. It can just be a, a small a part of me can be feeling that, um, but not the whole of me. So that was a rambling, complete, like, I don't even know what question <laughs> I answered. I just said a bunch of stuff. <laughs> no, it was perfect. Um, it was perfect. Actually, I wrote down a couple of things and then I was even thinking what you're saying. What comes to me is maybe self-love is an allowance of ourselves to be right? Like an allowance of ourselves to have the thought that maybe isn't serving us, but also to let that thought move by, right? And to accept the wholeness. I love the wholesome, the word wholesome. And then what I think about, which is not even the direction I was planning on going, mm-hmm. what I think about is something that you wrote in your book of um, around holding the duality, right? Allowing mm-hmm. like the good and the bad to exist mm-hmm. simultaneously, mm-hmm. allowing like the the terrible things, the trauma that we've experienced to exist, but also holding our joy at the very same time and realizing like, we're not going to die. Actually, life is pretty beautiful, right? Yeah. I mean, one of the major milestones in my own healing was when I realized it's completely possible to hold two very separate things at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I've gone so down the rabbit's hole in that. Like I'm currently studying um, internal family systems. Uh, The founder, Richard Schwartz, has a class that I'm taking because, you know, the idea is we have all these parts in us Mm. and, you know, we know we do because we say stuff like, well, part of me feels this and a part of me feels that, you know, so we actually know that but then we get to thinking I am only one person you know and that's not really that useful so one thing that's really helped me is to think of my interior with lots of different parts there's a self that's really grounded 
that can observe, that can witness, um, that is loving and compassionate. And then there are all these parts doing their best for me, sometimes going awry. And the more I chastise them, the more extreme they become. Mm. So self-acceptance, like the the word acceptance, when you said it, I think that is self-love, is accepting yourself for all the parts of you. And that's not saying, you know, you don't have room to grow or improvement. It's just, I mean, it's like the basis of so many religions actually is just, I accept the, I accept that this is the world. Like mm-hmm. this is a moment. It's the only thing that actually exists mm-hmm. and it exists and it, and it's so hard to get there. And I'm there like 75% of the time, but it, you know, it took uh, 10 years and like really rigorously working on this to just accept myself and accept, okay, this is what's happening. Mm. This is so good. I love, um, mm, I love this, <laughs> like, let's riff on acceptance for a second. Cause what comes yeah. to me is something that I haven't talked about in a long time, but years ago I was a yoga teacher and someone asked this question of, can you really love something if you don't know something? And I had to really sit with that. And I think about this in application of ourselves, not that we can always know everything about ourselves at all times, but as we're beginning to really lean into loving ourselves, could it be possible that we could start by observing ourselves, right? By noticing the things that we like and the things that we don't like, because I don't know if this has been your experience, but my experience is like, even if I don't think I like someone, if I spend a lot of time with them, I end up liking them right? Like it just inevitably happens like our coworkers, you you know, do you end up liking them or do you end up just tolerating and uh, being like, well, I kind of have to do this. I'm actually thinking even in terms of romance, like a romantic relationship. Yeah. Oh, this gets good. This gets deep. I would say, I would say both. Right. Um, I think on some levels, I don't know. Now I'm like, oh, it's kind of like stopping and smell the roses. Like maybe you don't like roses, but then you stop and smell them every day. And over time, it's like, do you like the roses or do you like the ritual of smelling the roses? Right. Do you like the human or do you like, um, do you like the safety and the comfort that comes from being with the human and the safety and the comfort of like the normalcy of it? Um, And I would say like, if we're not aware, it's probably the safety and the comfort and the normalcy. I think when we are aware, we can absolutely dislike things that we notice or become aware of and learn to accept them and learn to like separate ourselves from them right and still like love and appreciate the being that's in front of us um which I suspect happens with ourselves right like when we see parts of ourselves that we're like I don't really like that but also it's who I am right now and I can change that which I think is different because when we're working with other people we can't change them. No, (laughs) it's like, well, this is what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really, that's a beautiful um, take on it. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about a a current romantic thing I'm in where I know, I don't know when this will come out, but there's no way he's listening. So whatever, (laughs) there's absolutely no way that this podcast is uh, on his radar. Um, But I know he's not right. I absolutely know it. I know, you know, I'm looking for affection and emotion and nurturing. And those are truly the opposite of what he has to offer. Mm. 
And I'm just like, well, you're a body and it would be better to be with a body than not. Mm. And I really have had to back up and observe, hold on, you're doing this because it feels familiar and comfortable, but ultimately it makes you feel incredibly uncomfortable. Step back, you know, and realize this has been the most profound learning of the past year for me. I finally learned it is really how he treats me has nothing to do with me. Like really absolutely is not me. And actually the reason I, now I'm really rambling on stories, but the reason I came to it wasn't him. It was, I had been in a relationship right before and it had been really tumultuous and he too, like wasn't consistent, couldn't show up for me. And we had a conversation about it in which he started crying And he said, you know, I feel like I'm just in the fetal position. I see what I want, but I can't get there. I don't, I don't have the tools. I don't know. This isn't, this isn't about you because I want you. And to see him cry cracked open my heart for all people because I saw how intensely he wanted to show up and couldn't. Mm. And, and then I realized and I really know this to be true because I have not shown up for people. Mm. I have been that one. You know, I, I have not shown up for my sister in a, I most, I do now mostly, you know, we all make mistakes, but there are times where I have been not who I wanted to be with my sister, even though she is amazing. Mm. She is amazing. She is deserving of love. I had a problem and I couldn't show up. So when this guy cried, I finally believed it Mm. like, wow, he's really going through something. And it, and then it was like this wave of, oh, and I've been in his position. I've been that where I love the other person, but I, I can't figure it out. And so I think if you actually, one of the things that's been most helpful is actually sitting with, I have been that person. If, if you are having trouble, um, taking things personally and thinking that a way a person is treating you has a lot to do with you. Remember back to a time where you didn't show up for someone you loved. Mm. And when you can tap in to that, you see, oh yeah, this isn't about me. And and so that's actually been the major breakthrough I've had recently. What I think about, I'm kind of chuckling internally too, because um, I love to pull tarot cards for fun mm. um, and I pulled a few cards before our call and the, the prim- like the primary card that showed up was the card it's judgment I'll show it to you it looks like this um, okay and it's a card that says it's really it's really funny but it's a card that basically says like like my favorite example would be like okay so when the lights turn on we can no longer unsee like what it is that we've seen right like as we learn things and we implement them we can't do them the old way anymore um but the judgment card I I like to use recycling as an example is like this card that says just because you're doing it now doesn't mean that you haven't before right doesn't mean that you have a right to like look at what other people are doing and take it personally doesn't mean that you have a right to look at what other people are doing and like judge them for not being in the same place as you Mm. um and so I think about recycling because I think now that I'm saying recycling is like the end all or the best thing it's just a relatable example I think but I think about the time before recycling was so mainstream and like some people started recycling and 
suddenly one, you realize all of the stuff that you've never recycled and you're like, shit, I'm a shitty person for never recycling, yeah, right? Crazy. Like, what have I done? So there's like a little bit of like embarrassment, shame, grief, grieving. And then there's also this pride that arises and like, I know this new thing, I'm going to do this new thing. And then there's also this awareness of all the people around us who like aren't recycling. And we're like, Hey, you, why aren't you recycling? Hey, like what's, what's up with that? Like, I found this new thing and it's really great. Like, why aren't you doing it? Why aren't you on board? And then we, so we want to like put judgment onto that and be like, instead of maybe they just don't know about recycling. Maybe that's just not their thing right now. Maybe they're just caught up in something else, right? Like there are all these things, benefits of the doubt we can give them. But instead we want to be like, Hey, you, you're a shitty person. Cause like I was a shitty person. Right. Um, so I think that's such a beautiful breakthrough and realization because, you know, any time we grow, there's a previous version of us that just wasn't quite so quote unquote enlightened, right? Wasn't quite yeah. so aware. And your example is a really beautiful one of recognizing where people are and realizing exactly what you said, that it's not at all about us. And like, they are figuring their own shit out and we have to be okay with that. And, and I think maybe where you're going with this, I don't know, let's see. Um, is coming back to the realization that, okay, this person can't meet me where I am. Like they cannot possibly meet me where I am. Where does that leave me? What do I deserve? And, and it's maybe you deserve more, right? Um, your capacity. It's harder. Is mm-hmm. As you use the words, com- um, the comfort and how I talk about it is the comfort and discomfort. Like mm-hmm. you at least know what it is. Mm-hmm. There's no guesswork. And this is a real time thing for me is to have the strength to close the door to this person because I always leave it slightly ajar so that I have what I think are options and romantically that hasn't worked for me that that policy just hasn't worked and so I need to try something new and I don't know how it'll end but I need to close that door make sure I'm supporting myself enough that I can you know, that I won't like have like a depressive episode or mm. um, start to get hopeless about anything. Um, but sometimes closing doors is a pretty good idea. And um, this is just a real time. I have to do this if I want a different um, result. Oh. Like I can't, you know, I can't keep doing this, hoping for a new result. I've been on that hamster wheel enough times. It's so wise. How are you, how are you holding yourself through this right now? So like real time, so often in so many areas of our life, (laughs) um, but especially in romantic relationships, I think we find ourselves in this position exactly where you are of, I know that it's not right for me and I don't know what to do. Or I do know what to do, but maybe I'm not ready to say that I know what to do. Or maybe maybe I know what to do, but I'm not ready to take the action, right? And mm-hmm. it can be really easy, I think, to beat ourselves up for not taking the action that we know mm-hmm. we need to take. I think it can be really easy to almost like stay small or inhibit ourselves in other areas of life because I think we said this, you said this before we started recording, but you know if we're beating ourselves up over self-care, like, is that really self-care, right? If we're beating ourselves up over knowing what it is that we need to do, are we really loving ourselves? But it's so easy to be like, well, I know, I know what the right thing is, but I'm not ready to do it. 
And so maybe now I'm not worthy, or maybe now I need to question other areas of my life. And so I'm, I'm curious, like, how are you holding yourself through this and working through this and leading yourself through this? I always come to back to curiosity for all of these things. Whenever I'm like beating myself or judging myself, the very first thing I ask, well, the very first thing I say is something from Thich Nhat Hanh, the um, great meditation teacher who's unfortunately passed. But I say, uh, so something like this, I notice my shame and I take care of my shame. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's the more practice you can have accepting and not pushing away. Mm-hmm. So I notice my shame and I take care of my shame. And then I kind of ask myself, you know, and I wonder why, you know, and with soothing words, like, it's okay, sweetheart. Why do you think you're having difficulty doing what you know to be right? You know, and I might journal about that. And I give myself a lot of forgiveness because even though I've written this book, even though, I mean, I have studied so many different traditions (laughs) and leaders and like, it's weird. Like I didn't go to school for any of this, but now it's like, I have shelves of books and I've met all these people, but I'm like, this isn't a degree. This is just like my weird hobby, uh, is what this is. Um, but you know, I think every time I come back to it's okay. This doesn't matter. Like whatever, it just, it's not that big of a deal. If I think about the the bigness of my life that I've got a lot more, if I've had a lot of time, I hope to have more time. This isn't a statement about who I am as a person. Mm. You know, this doesn't mean that much. Like we can, you know, it's like, take yourself seriously, but sometimes it's helpful not to take the situations you're in as deathly seriously and and that just might be me, you know, I'm speaking from my own experience, but I get very like doom spiral catastrophize and, and this means I'm unlovable, I'll never be loved again. And, blah, 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 blah. and sometimes I have to be like, hey, you met this guy on Hinge, you've been on six dates, what are, what are we even talking about right now? <laughs> you know, and having a little levity about the whole thing. Um, so I, I think it's, it's a combination of holding your feelings, taking them seriously, accepting them, and also a little perspective and perspective that whatever you choose, it's going to be fine. Mm. Because let's say you choose quote unquote incorrectly. That's the only way you're going to learn. It's truly nobody can change anybody else. Mm. There's no magic, you know, all these like self-help things that are like, Mm -hmm. I can get you authentic and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And like two weeks, if you, you know, take this bullet journal. I'm like, <laughs> okay, cool. Like, um, you know, in my own workshops, I think I can like, I can show you that there is a path. That's what I can do. I can show you, you have to walk down it, mm-hmm. you know? So all of these quote unquote mistakes, um, they're really valuable. And I know everybody just says that, but I think if you build self-awareness, you begin to see that like, oh yeah, but that actually is true. Mm. When we find ourselves in these situations that we recognize aren't serving us or like serving us to our highest, greatest good, we could say like, right. They are serving us. It's serving us. It's, right. If the mistake is teaching us, a, it's mm-hmm. like I'm on a, 
like it's sort of like on a ladder like mm-hmm. yes it's valuable as a mistake and there are so many rungs above the ladder right yeah like we're going to expand beyond this i think too it's like recognizing so i love what you said about getting curious about why, you know, why we might be resistant to leaving if we know that leaving is the right thing or why we might be resistant to doing the thing that we we feel is right for us, we know is right for us. I think the curiosity is so key because we are not dumb. That's like not the best yeah. way to say it, but like we are such smart, logical, like analytical beings that we would never do something knowing that we're harming ourselves even though like I am talking about cases that we do things and we know we're harming ourselves, but we would never do it without a reason. Right. And so it's almost like, um, I took a course on codependency and there's this therapist who talks about how, when we're in a relationship and we know it's wrong for us, the best we, the best thing that we can do is just state that. And then also Mm. realize what we're getting out of it. Like, Mm -hmm. what are we getting out of this? And then are we okay with that? And then this, like, I was actually in a a very similar position. I was in a relationship with someone that I knew wasn't right for me. Um, And I was having trouble admitting that out loud because I felt that if I said it, I would have to do something. And so I was like, well, I can't say it because I don't want to do anything about it yet. And then I heard this and I thought, oh, I can just acknowledge it. And I don't actually have to take action. And I can acknowledge the fact that even though this isn't like the most ideal situation and I don't want to be in this for the rest of my life, I am getting a lot of joy out of this particular situation and like that's okay I can enjoy this for a little while and then when I'm ready I can trust that I'm gonna leave right well that and that's the part of levity that I'm talking Mm. about is like you know and this decision is not like a huge statement of who I am it's one choice in you know five trillion choices that I'm gonna make and if you can identify the part that is wanting you to do this like what you're getting out from getting from it even if it's an unhealthy thing you're getting from it, that's okay too. That that just is where you are. And so there's no reason to beat yourself up about it. Mm. Um, because the beating up just doesn't work. If it did, I'd I'd be like the queen. But, <laughs> you know, it just it doesn't work. Mm, let's pivot a little bit to like career and success. Mm-hmm. Um because I think there's this almost dichotomy in this industry of uh, maybe not this industry of like the overall thought or contextualization around healing and self-love and self-care. Um, where on one side, I think about, you know, like writers and artists who um, actually all of us, sometimes we hold on to harmful thoughts or patterns because they believe that that's what will make us successful. And so that's why I think Mm. like writers and artists, right? Like the stereotypical alcoholic writer or like manic depressive artist, like almost my least favorite, right? It's like, like, I think that's such BS. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It really is. But I don't mean to interrupt you. I just know it's great. Those stereotypes are so ridiculous. There are also amazing writers who are totally stable. Great. Elizabeth Gilbert. Um, you know, I'm Favorites. looking at my wall. Um, Nora Ephron, Dolly Parton. Mm-hmm. There are there's so many artists, Glennon Doyle, who mm-hmm. they're not a mess. You don't have to be a mess mm-hmm. to be creative at all. Like yes. I don't even understand why you'd want to be, you know, like I because I think yeah. it's like a some people have like a sexy image 
of a writer with it's an old fashioned mm-hmm. struggling at 3 a.m. I'm like, that looks horrible. That's no way to write. Yeah, I mean, whatever. That hard, right? Like, that just sounds like a hard life, which mm-hmm. doesn't need to be. Yeah, it's like, and I think it's it's like holding on to this concept because, well, I don't know, like we can intellectualize it however we want, but it's like, it's almost like, being afraid of who we are when we don't have those things right so it's like Mm -hmm. oh this is what makes me great but what's interesting is like the complete other side of that that sometimes I'll see is um feeling like we and you actually named so many great creatives artists writers that (laughs) are the antithesis of this as well um but almost this idea that we need to be fully healed before we mm-hmm. can set out on on the journey that we want to set out on, right? Before we can right. maybe like earn or deserve our dreams and our passions. And like, I think you're a really beautiful example of that's maybe not true. And like, so are all of these authors that you mentioned as well. But I want to speak on this. or I would like for you to speak on this for a moment because I'm curious, like where does healing fit in with our dreams and our aspirations? Yeah, it's a great, it's a great question. And also I think sometimes healing feels overwhelming because you feel like you have to do it perfectly. You know, we, we had talked a little bit before this about when you start to beat yourself up because you haven't journaled that day, you know, and it's self-care is not to be weaponized. Like there's no reason that is the antithesis of what we're trying to do here. Um, So forgiving ourselves when we don't do our healing homework is a great idea and something to get comfortable with. But for me, the healing is an ongoing process that is called life. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'll never be, I'm so healed from the trauma that I went through as a kid, uh, the neglect and abandonment and psychological abuse to the extent that I have like fully forgiven my parents, um, have a great relationship with my dad. I'm working in therapy about perhaps talking to my mom for the first time in like 15 years, Mm -hmm. someone who really treated me now that I'm really an adult, like horrifically, you know, and because I've been doing all these little things for so long, the little things add up and they come, they kind of add up to getting to know who you are at your core and you can't rush it. You can't heal it. Yeah, I feel like you don't e- you sometimes don't even realize that you're healing it. I, it's just because it happens so gradually. And then I had a moment um maybe two weeks ago where this work project that, you know, if you had talked to 25-year-old me was my dream. Like my 30-year-old me, oh my God, that's exactly what I want to do. Um I, I'll tell you what it was. It was I had a TV project um, based off the first book. And that's been my dream my whole life. Like I'm going to be a TV writer. And it was a really hard experience. Took like a lot of time. I really, I made a mistake that ended up blowing up the whole project. And old me would have raked myself over the coals. Like, oh my God, you like squandered this opportunity. How could you, you're so stupid, blah, 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 blah. I would have gone into an anxiety spiral of like a week. I would have had a complete mental breakdown um, because how could I, you know, I'd have a mental breakdown about like a small thing at work. So I can't even imagine what it would be like 
to I've messed up this dream that it was so hard to get, you know. But this time I was like, oh, that sucks. I wonder why I did that. All right. <laughs> like moving on. Like I learned the okay, I see. Oh, I see why I did what I did. And next time I'll handle it differently by X, Y, Z, Y. Kind of who cares? Yeah. It's not a, I think as you build self-confidence and self-esteem and you know where your self-esteem comes from, Mm -hmm. those kinds of things are a lot less bruising. You know, once you're in control, that's like something you really can control. And you, I think people get into trouble when they, and I can speak for myself. I got into trouble when I hinged my self-worth, my self-esteem to the job that I had. Because if you hinge it to anything external, you're in trouble. So that's that you're a good mom, that you're a good daughter, that you're a good uh, employee, whatever. If that, if some other identity or, you know, object or something external, that didn't, they can always be ripped away from you. And so I always say you need to find your unshakable, untakeawayable self-esteem what are the things that you can solidly have that make you feel confident and good about yourself and they're not tied to outcomes you know for me it's um using my human body every day in some way um so that's like could be running could be I took a walk whatever just did I move what did I intentionally move today not did I win a race? Did I lose weight? Did I, you know, not outcomes dependent? Was I a reasonably kind person? Mm-hmm. And I use reasonably because I'm a fucking asshole sometimes, you know? <laughs> so like, was I reasonably, you know, uh, I, I don't, you know, I'm not going for like sainthood here. Most of, <laughs> most of these things, like I did for a selfish reason, you know, cause I didn't want to be anxious. And the third is, did I write today? Not, did I sell a book? Did I sell this TV show? Did they like what I wrote? Just, did I do it because I want to do it? So did I honor a desire of mine? And by having those three, you know, it helps me in a myriad of ways. It's like, I compare myself to other people less and less. I'm less outcome driven. It's given me a lot of perspective and space for when something goes wrong. So I think, you know, it's building our self-confidence, our self-esteem that really helps us in in those work situations. Mm, What a gem (laughs) of a response. Um, Yeah, it's so good. And and it's funny because it leads me like right into this other thing that I was thinking about and would love to hear from you about is um, when we source internally versus externally, Mm -hmm. Um, we can feel a lot more confident, happy. Our self-esteem is um, more whole, we could say. Mm-hmm. Um, life in general is easier. It's easier to be light, mm-hmm. right? Um, but it's it's so easy to shift that to the world around us. Like what I think about um, 
I'm actually, I'm like laughing a little bit in my head because I saw this meme this week that I'm going to butcher this, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but it's basically like a person showing up to a therapy session and the therapist sitting down and saying like, okay, you have to be honest with me about everything. And the person being like, absolutely not. I need you to like me. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> and it was, to me, it was so relatable. Cause I was like, oh, huh. like, you know, this is the crux of why therapy has been so hard for me in the past. Um, and it's because like, I want to be the the good person being therapized. I don't want to be like a person that's actually like yeah. a mess on the floor. Right. Right. But it's like when we're a mess on the floor, that's like when we can pick ourselves up. Um, yeah. When we allow ourselves to be as we really are, when we allow ourselves to source from whatever is actually inside of us to honor the things that we desire, that's when we can be the most fulfilled, the most successful, the happiness, the happiest. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's hard to do that because I think naturally, maybe not naturally, maybe the way we've been conditioned, the way that we've grown up is to determine like where our place is in the world. Mm-hmm. And then um, fill that place or fill that role, depending on the situation that we're in. And so I'm curious, you know, when you find that you're reverting back to that, mm-hmm. how do you bring yourself back? How do you bring yourself back to, okay, I'm going to honor this thing that's that's inside of me, or I'm going to pull this thing, you know, out of me that's inside of me. When I'm reverting to using external validation to yeah. give me my worth, mm-hmm. it's just, it's noticing and then kind of um, de-escalating. You know, I, I had this happen very recently with my editor because uh, I just wrote a new book called Glow in the Fucking Dark. comes out in uh, February 28th. And it, it you know, it, this book is about if Lily's was about finding stability and grounding um, and it was a react, like a reaction to trauma, like how do you heal after trauma? This is then what's next you know because I found myself in this position where I was really healed in many core ways but I realized I haven't made a proactive decision about who I am at all and what I want and that was sort of the journey I I went on and um you know it's hard to write a book (laughs) it sucks And, you know, it doesn't suck as much as some things, but it is like hard. And if you want to have a a journey of questioning your self-worth, I (laughs) I do recommend that you write a book. And so what I wanted, and it's very solitary, you know, you're writing alone for hours and hours and hours. So what I wanted when the book was done was people to say, it's amazing. It's so good. Good job. And for some reason they weren't (laughs) like Mm. they would say, you know, and it's like, asked my editor and she said something like, well, it's so obvious. We fucking love it. Like, of course, you know, and they're not, you know, they're random house. They're not going to like, they're not like in the business of constantly needing to validate this small author. And I realized, oh, this is really about me. And, and compliments actually, if I think about it, don't even resonate with me. They don't Mm. even land. They're like in one ear out the other, which I have to do some work on, um, you know, that's not ideal. It, you should be able to sit with a compliment and really take it in. So please don't stop complimenting me if you ever <laughs> want to. I, I promise I'll try to hang on to it. But that her validating my work doesn't matter. It just doesn't. And it's never going to make me feel good. And I always go to that well of, you know, if they think it's amazing, then it is amazing. And really the well I have to go to is 
I put my heart and soul into this. Mm. I, I showed up, I gave it everything I had, whatever the outcome, I'm proud of the work. And it is a noticing is the first step because I think all this self-care that your people are undertaking, it's the basic thing is pause, Mm. just pause for one second and notice, pause and and notice. And the more you do that, that's how you build self-awareness. And once you have real self-awareness, then you can have a little perspective. And so I think because I had been working on this for so long, when I noticed myself getting desperate and needy for attention and I was like feeling really weird and like needing somebody to like, and like asking, like, can somebody like, can somebody compliment me? Like essentially like in an email, I was like, I was able to see, huh, that frequency is very different. That part Mm -hmm. of me is very different from when I feel grounded. Let me get curious about it. Let me soothe it. And more and more realize it's, it's just, it's not helpful. Like some, her, my editor saying she loves it means very little. What really matters is she has poured her heart and soul into it. And she wouldn't do that if it wasn't good. And furthermore, I know that I poured my heart and soul into it. So it's taken a long time, but really, truly, mostly I'm not looking for praise or for people to like me anymore, Mm. which was like a huge shift in my own personality whenever I find myself in that place um which you're right I I love the way you phrase this it's a very different energy when Mm. you're needing something versus when you know you're you're coming from yourself right when you Mm -hmm. need validation like it's almost like we're on a completely different frequency where like it's just a different feeling but something that one of my mentors likes to say is do you think it's cool you know just this simple like question Mm. of like I think it's cool And like, maybe that's all that matters. Right. And so sometimes when I question, you know, if I'm putting something into the world and I'm like, oh, are people going to like this? I just come back to, I think it's cool. And it's good to have words like that. For me, the words are, um, that I, I kind of do the opposite. I'm like, it does not matter if this is good or interesting. Mm. I actually visualize before I write. Um, sometimes what I'll do is I'll visualize putting a cardboard box on my desk, putting in the word good, putting in the word interesting, closing the box, taping it up, and then pushing it off the table. Because that's, I don't know if it's good or interesting, but I know I want to do it. Mm. And so for me, that's really the the thing I come back to is like, did I honor something I know I want to do? Thank you for listening to this episode of The Spiritual 9 to 5. Like and follow if it resonated and share this with one person who may connect with this work. Seriously, it means the absolute world to me. Don't forget that I have heaps of free resources. You can find them alongside the links to purchase Buy Yourself the Fucking Lilies and Glow in the Fucking Dark, both by Tara Schuster. You can find all of this in the show notes. Wherever you are, however this finds you, I wish you well, and I can't wait to meet again in the next episode.